hi again, Kirsten Chick here, nutritional therapist and author of Nutrition Brought to Life. And this is part two of my chat with the wonderful Jesse Markelhoff, medical herbalist. Hello again, Jesse. Hi, Kirsten. Thanks for having me. Um, okay, so we had a chat in part one. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I do recommend you go back and listen to it. But you don't have to do this in order. You can listen to this one first and then go back to part one. But there's a couple of things that came up in part one that I want to ask you more about. So um, we finished with you talking about your one-to-one um, -one consultations that you have with people um, and how it's really tailored, how you find out as much as you can about that person. Um, and then you've got all of these things that you can um, put together and recommend. So tinctures teas balms lotions all sorts of things is that, is that a fair kind of synopsis <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's great thanks yeah <laughs> but what I wanted to ask from there is do you which is a bit more personal to my work as well is do you ever um recommend herbs um in what people are eating do you say things like oh just um use more I don't know use more rosemary in your food or um mm. or did you work with with plants with herbs in that way as well mm, yes I do definitely um when I mean, there's so many ways people can kind of ingest or take herbs into their bodies and and it's great I mean I I obviously use tinctures her, her teas and capsules but it's great if people can also get some of those herbs in their cooking as well um and also some people, if I can see that someone's a real keen cook, then I think, oh, well, that might be a nice way for them to So, for example, rosemary is one. If someone has quite a cold constitution, if they have quite poor circulation, for example, or if they suffer from headaches, um, then rosemary might be indicated. So I might suggest, yeah, just getting it in there um, into their cooking if they can. And also things like you know certain spices and herbs like turmeric, for example. Um, sometimes if I have people that maybe have a long-term condition where they need to take turmeric every day where it'd be helpful if they did but they're not into swallowing lots of capsules but they're quite into cooking then I've got like a turmeric fudge recipe that I'd reckon to, oh, recommend wow. to them it doesn't have sugar or butter in there it's mainly mm -hmm. coconut oil and dark chocolate but it means that they get a really good high dose of turmeric every day plus it keeps the price down for them so um yeah there's lots of ways that I, I might suggest um yeah, those those kind of spring to mind, but obviously the you know again with the kind of circulation and warming up the constitution, things like cayenne, pepper, chili, garlic, all of those sort of warming herbs and spices, I might recommend as well um, for sure. I mean, you know, there's a big crossover between food and medicine, isn't there? And often, you know, like Hippocrates said, let food be your medicine and let medicine be your food. You know, there's yeah we can we can take herbs medicinally through our food absolutely it just it's just that we have to ideally to get that medicinal dose it needs to be quite consistent and you need to make sure you have a good amount each day so it's just working out ways that people can do that um yeah yeah oh that's really interesting because i mean as a nutritional therapist technically i i'm you know i do recommend herbs as as food um but I wouldn't be able to recommend herbs as tinctures, for example, because that more concentrated dose, the, the impact of that is beyond my scope. Um, so I would refer to a herbalist if people wanted to work in that way. Um, so you know, uh, do you notice any major or what are the major differences that you notice between working with herbs and feed and, and those kind of stronger, kind of more powerful 
doses of tinctures and teas and things like that? Hmm, it's hard to say really because I do main, you know, mainly when I'm sort of wanting people to take in herbs, it's usually through the med, you know, the medicinal. Although, I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes I've had people say, gosh, I don't know, decide they want to say, try and get, you know, I'm thinking of someone who had osteoporosis and wanted to really increase their calcium intake and they decided to do it through juicing. Um, and I forget now what it was they were juicing, but it, yeah, so that was, they for them, they decided that's how they wanted to do it. And I think it was quite successful. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I guess with, you know, with taking kind of extracts and teas and medicines in that way, there's a little bit more control over knowing how much you're taking and potentially it is a bit more potent. Um, but there's, I mean, there's such a big crossover, isn't there? Because obviously herbal teas, you know, there's a big crossover with that and say something like putting herbs in a soup, it's quite a similar mm -hmm. type of a thing, but I suppose it's probably a bit more concentrated. Um, yeah, and there's also, I suppose there's sort of, there's a big crossover in things, I don't know, I suppose like herbs you might pick from the wild, but use as foods, you know, those could be used medicinally so say nettles for example which you could make into a soup and if you had that regularly that might you could use that for medicinal use because nettles are really good for allergies for hay fever um but I must say yeah that's yeah there's that's maybe something to kind of look out for for the future because most people I do I do end up giving the medicines to and I suppose the kind of having them in the foods and things is more of a a kind of supportive additional thing rather than um but then, you know, having herbs in that way in your food, I think if they're just wanting to have more of a sort of maintenance dose or more of a preventative type thing um, is really, really useful. You know, so having garlic in your food all the time to try and keep colds and flu at bay or ginger or um, I mean, you've probably got lots more examples as well. But yeah, well, that's a question. Yeah, no, so, so what I'm generally hearing from you is consistency and precision. So that's the advantages you have, are the, the consistency and precision of having that. And um, yeah, and also, I guess, having the convenience of a blend that's been put together for you in the right quantities. So again, um, the precision that you can just have that's there. So the convenience too, I guess. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Thanks. So thank you. Yeah, no, that was a great answer to my question. Um, and I think it maybe it possibly segues a little bit into my next question, which is all about your wild medicine walks. So please tell me all about those. Okay, so the wild medicine walks. Um, I I'm really passionate about sort of basically showing people and educating people about how they can pick their own herbs from the hedgerows for free um, and there's lots and lots of medicinal plants growing out there a lot of the things we often call weeds um, a lot of those are medicinal and so I take people out on a usually a two-hour walk and we have a lovely little stroll around uh, some sort of beautiful spot usually on the edge of Brighton it might be Stammer Park it might be Wild Park um, I'm doing something with Dean Park this year as well and I'll just introduce them and show them and, and talk to them and, and tell them how what the different plants are how they can safely identify them so uh, how they can uh, sustainably harvest them so they're not over harvesting and then all the the myriad of medicinal uses and also how they can harvest and potentially make remedies themselves at home from these products wonderful and I've been I've been looking at them for quite some time now 
Um, I haven't made it to one yet because dates haven't worked out, but um, I'm just looking now so I can see your, you've got one on Sunday, the 14th of August. So in case anyone's listening back in the future, this is 2022 um, at Withdean Park. And that one says mellow fruitfulness, medicinal berries, seeds and more and then on sunday the 11th of september at uh, in stammer park you've got plants berries and fungal friends so i'm getting the impression these are all seasonal which is pretty obvious really they have to be don't they <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. um we <laughs> we were discussing a little bit earlier how it's a, a bit of a strange time of year in terms of what you can harvest at the moment there's not a great deal out there um it's july at the moment so it's a tougher time um but we are coming up to berries um fungi that kind of thing so what can people start to look out for well i mean funnily enough that's there are there are things out there now but it's um yeah we are in a slightly almost like transition season almost between the kind of high summer going into the late summer when the seeds and the berries start ripening um i mean lime blossom has has just been in blossom and is there are still some out there to be picked and lime blossom is uh comes from the lime tree and it has this beautiful scent and it's a really lovely calming but uplifting remedy so if you do see any out there um you can just pick the flowers and the bracts which are the little light green leaves that protect the flowers and you can just put those in the teapot and make tea and actually saint john's wort is still out um got some in my garden quite extensively oh have you Mm. fantastic um and then you also have a lot of marjoram wild marjoram which always seems to grow wherever i see it out in the wild around brighton it's always alongside saint john's wort they just seem to love ah. the same conditions they're just real firm friends i've seen it in loads of different locations and they can um, to get some marjoram in my garden <laughs> yeah 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 it would grow really well so marjoram's another one that you'll see wild marjoram around um the brighton area Sussex, well the southeast i mean um, but obviously it does like quite dry, uh, cal- I think it's quite calcium-ish soils like we have around Brighton that are quite dry. Um, and that's lovely just to use as a kind of culinary herb, really, in the same way that you might use oregano or basil. Um, but yeah, we are kind of then coming into, which is quite exciting, into the kind of berry and seed season. So we'll start to see elderberries coming on and rose hips and um, things like hogweed seeds, uh, nettle seeds. And these are all, yeah, these all have both great applications for food and medicine, actually. Most seeds are kind of across both those um, categories. So nettle seeds are a great one because they're really plentiful and um, you can just eat them as a really nutritional snack or, you know, dry them out, make a nutritional sprinkle with them. And they actually really support our adrenal system. So um, so our sort of the glands that uh, excrete stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, can, if we have quite a stressful life, can sometimes become a little bit weakened. And so nettle seeds are a really good way to build those up again. Um, and who doesn't, you know, let's face it, in the 21st century have quite a bit of stress in their life. So, yeah, um, that's a nice one to know about. And then obviously we've got the elderberries coming on, which are brilliant, amazing sort of cold and flu remedy. Um, and yeah, have sort of antiviral properties. They're even researching them for possible use with COVID-19 as well. Um and so, yeah, that's that's kind of coming on. And one of the reasons my next walk is at Withdean Park is because it's really, really uh, full of elderberry trees. And it also has, yeah, so it's really nice to sort of pick them there. 
and also you know with those dark berries you're getting all that nutrition all those those dark pigments which have all these fantastic antioxidant properties great for like cardiovascular health and vein health and the body in general so that's yeah that's quite an exciting time when the berries start coming on and um and the seeds and then after that my my final walk in september will they'll hopefully if we get some rain it's been quite dry this summer we'll hopefully start seeing some fungi and there's a few medicinal uh, bracket mushrooms which i'll be introducing people to fingers crossed if they decide to appear in stanmer woods yeah in september <laughs> so if you're local or you fancy a trip to some of the um beautiful parts that that sussex have to offer um jesse how can people find you or if you want a one-to-one -one consultation with jesse how can people find you how can people book in with you or onto one of your walks so people can come to my website, which is going to be in the notes of the podcast, but it's gentle-medicine.co.uk. And then I'm on Instagram as at Brighton Herbalist, and I'm on Facebook at uh, Gentle Medicine Brighton. Wonderful. So you can contact me via any of those channels and yeah, find out more. All my all my walks are outlined on my website, but also they're on my Instagram. There's some links on my Instagram to the walks as well. Fabulous. Oh, thank you so much again. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today and um, go and enjoy you. your camping trip. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsten. It's been really lovely to come and talk to you. Oh, absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition Brought to Life podcast. There's also a Facebook group you can join called Nutrition Brought to Life podcast community, where you can share useful insights and recipes, ask questions and get more support on your nutrition journey. If you haven't read it yet, there's so much more in the book, Nutrition Brought to Life. And you can find out more about me at kirstenchick.com.